Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. Hey guys, what's up? On this week's episode, we are going to talk about men. Men. I love men. (laughs) I'm glad you love men. Um, Can I put you on the spot and ask you what your definition of man is? Oh, gosh. Well, that's so complex. Are we talking like binary? Are we talking gender fucking? Are we talking like, you you know? If you just kind of close your eyes and just think about um, your idea of a man based on your experiences, um, you know, every, from, from friend to lover to father, just generally speaking, what would be some of your uh, definitions, some broad strokes, characteristics that you believe um, a man has? Okay, so let's talk about, you know, cisgender body type. That's the first thing that comes to mind. So I, let's- I, I love how you, um, I love how you break shit down. I love how your mind works because um, <laughs> now you've already uh, established categories, which is great. And then uh, you're just going to knock out each one. Yeah, well, I think yes. it's important to do, right? Because because gender gender is a is a social construct, not a biological one. Mm. And so when you say someone is a man, right. the first thing that comes to mind is a physical presentation. Sure. And that physical presentation has been crafted by thousands of years of social conditioning yeah. as to what somebody with a masculine body should be able to do and perform from hunting and gathering to being a protector, um, you know, being able to move heavy things, build structures. And so it's really entrenched in kind of the development of civilization. And now we're at this really weird point in time where your gendered body doesn't have to perform the way it was meant to in order for you to survive. Right. Right. So do, so do you think that there's, um, I guess, less uh, attention and, and people put less weight on what a man physically looks like today than back in the no, day? No, of course not. No. I mean, I, I don't think that I think we're, we're at the very beginning of a great social psychological reckoning where people are saying, well, what is my body? What does it mean? Mm-hmm. You know, how does this work? But I think that I think that men still feel a lot of pressure to conform to societal standards, which would be height, strength, you know, tenets of masculinity. Um, And it's, it's kind of horrible actually. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, um, and also fitness has become so popular, like, you know, fitness is new. It, I mean, it wasn't until like um, 70s, 80s that it kind of got, you know, um, it became a thing with like aerobics and all that. And now it's become kind of the norm. And so that definitely puts pressure on men to look a certain way. It does. And and how horrible must it be to grow up, you know, and if, if you, and same thing for, for, for women, if mm-hmm. you don't fit these boxes, then you're doing your gender wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, the, the, there's more pressure on women, of course. There, you know, I, I honestly have to say, I think it's it's equal pressure in different realms. 
Yeah. Very much so. Equal pressure in different realms, because while there might be um, this really long historical pressure on women to conform to a certain body type in order to be pleasing, in order to, quote unquote, catch or capture a man, you know, why is that to provide? There's this fucking pressure on men to provide. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of crushing. Yeah. And I think we tie... Um our worth to it. So if we can't provide or if we're, we're in, you know, we're in a transition or we're not making money. Um, I know back in the day when I was in my thirties, I was struggling. Um, then you don't, you feel less of a man. You feel like you're not doing, you know, your job. As a man. And I never, I never was raised with that, um, notion that I had to figure out how to make money. Mm -hmm. It just, it wasn't something that flowed to me. I wish it was, (laughs) but it didn't. I mean, it stems from the whole like provider thing. I mean, so like with women and their bodies, you know, since the corset was invented, they've always been, um, pressured. Well, with the corset literally, but pressured to look a certain way, um, you know, to, to be attractive in the world. And then for men to achieve, uh, to be quote unquote successful, to, 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 uh, you know, bring home the bacon, et cetera, um, to be accepted by society, uh, I think are still like strong, uh, strong pressures or strong, you know, things that men, men struggle with for sure. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, Let's back up. Why are we having this conversation today? I have a book coming out in about four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and the book is about? Um, it's about men. Um, it's about uh, challenging definitions. Uh, it's also about my own man journey um, from, from being a complete boy and an idiot to um, learning about how I want to define myself. And it all happened through work, working with teenagers and realizing that we live in a fatherless nation. And so mm-hmm. seeing the byproduct of dad not around, whether emotionally or physically, and then what happens to the kids, that's kind of what, um, you know, that's where I got the fire in my belly and I became passionate about it. Um, at the same time, me going, you know, me crossing that great divide where I was going through a divorce and um, realize all the things that, um, all my shortcomings. You know, and so that's kind of that the seed was planted then. And then, you know, years later, many years later, um, it has manifested into a book. So now I feel really called to keep spreading this message, you know. And I think it's a really timely um, message because we have the Me Too movement. We have the Time's Up movement. And I think that there's this big kind of microscope being placed on men right now. So absolutely. There's this additional pressure to conform to these standards and the the measuring sticks keep moving. Yeah, and I think the Me Too movement has caused a lot of men to become afraid. In what way? Um, I think a lot of uh, good men or, you know, men who do the best they can um, right now can be I don't know, afraid in the sense that scared to show themselves, uh, rather just kind of be quiet, hide, etc. Um, there's a lot, there's like you said, there's like this black light <laughs> um, that's that's kind of uh, scanning men right now. And I think a lot of men are afraid in that if they 
do something wrong or like like they're being looked at right now you know examined and so um i don't know i i feel that you know um i think i think it's also great because it it kind of uh pushes the rock over and exposes a lot of men um that are not so good you know that need to take ownership and responsibility so i think both things are happening well, and I think too, you know, it, really what we're talking about is if you remove the individual humans from it, it's a cultural template. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can remember, you know, looking back at 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, even into the 90s, seeing really pronounced um, cultural expectations that a man be sexually aggressive, that mm -hmm. a man make yeah. the first move, that yeah. a man um, kiss a woman, push a woman. And if you weren't doing that, then you weren't going to get laid. You right. weren't, you know, right. and, and, and that's been such a normative standard for so long, you know, that that women are finally for the first time saying, you know what, this fucking pisses us off. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and men are like, well, shit, now what, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think that that's, that makes a time very ripe um, to look inward mm -hmm. and to start redefining what is okay with you um, and what is not, you know, uh, because of how you feel about yourself, you know? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, so we have this this great space to talk about um, men and masculinity, and it's a really interesting juxtaposition because I'm ac actually an expert on feminism. Mm -hmm. So from a feminist perspective, what do you want to know? So you just described a little bit about the um, physical side um, of men. Let's go internal. What are some of your thoughts and definitions about um, – men as far as you know uh, behavior the way they are etc like more on the inside absolutely so you know something that i've noticed over the years is that very few men feel comfortable being vulnerable yeah very few men feel comfortable um expressing their emotional life and sharing it with others and I don't know if it's a block or if it's something that's unexamined or if it's a cultural norm, but I've noticed that, you know, men who are super vulnerable, who have EQ, who like to talk to women, who um, really are, are great in terms of being in-depth um, communicative partners are basically like crack cocaine for ladies, you know? Um, and so I wish my wish for for all men is to understand that everyone has this emotional ocean and that it's OK to be vulnerable. It's OK to be sensitive and that you don't have to hold up this facade, this facade of strength, of strongness, of being unbreakable. Yeah, it's the um, you know, it's the locker rooms, it's the conditioning, it's um parents it's cultural uh growing up thinking that if you uh, do show yourself or express feelings uh then you are weak and so how does that actually manifest how does that manifest for a man so if if you feel like you want to cry or express yourself like what's what's an example of a real experience that men go through with this well i think i mean i mean from high school on well i mean i guess starting in the home um 
if you have a dad or had a dad who actually promotes it and the dad himself actually shows it by crying and, and, and is vulnerable, et cetera, um, which I can't even imagine because I, I didn't have a dad like that but uh, in growing up. But um, then you kind of learn early on. Uh, but I think as you go into the world and into locker rooms and, and you know, high school and college and all that stuff, um, when you're around men, most men, um, they don't encourage that. They don't like, you know, if you're going through, a, say, a breakup, they don't uh, <laughs> they don't say, listen, let's have a conversation and tell me how you feel. It's more of like, let's, you know, you know, man up and let's go. Let's go get you another woman and, and that kind of thing. Now, of course, not all men, but generally speaking, um the men either they sharpen each other or or they put pressure on each other to um, be a certain way because the I think that the whole tribal element in men is very strong you know so it doesn't matter what the activity is you know, whether you you have workout partners or you you work with people or you're riding motorcycles that um, that bond and I don't know with women because I'm not a woman but um, every every kind of like tribe I've had around men growing up have they've been extremely influential in. Um, my own actions and behaviors and thoughts, you know. Do you think that you've conformed in unhealthy ways to hive think? Uh, I think I did my 20s and I think it took a long time. Um, now that I'm 45, I can finally, you know, be the be the guy in the locker room that actually decides to show emotion and, and be okay with it and not afraid, um, not be afraid of what, you know, the other guys think. Are you finding as you age that the world of male friendships are changing. Yes. Well, I'm finding that as I age, I'm becoming more of a woman. Like I'm becoming more, uh, um, well, I mean, I shouldn't say that because that, that, that's stereotypical. But um, I, I think there's an evolution to men. And I think that men, uh, and I think this is also why a lot of women uh, date older men. Um, I think it takes, and I don't know if it's because of society or if it's biological. I, I think it takes around 40 uh, f around 40 uh, to start turning the corner into, um, I don't know if the word soften, but really kind of uh, be authentic in a way, you know? I think by the time you're 40, you've gone through enough where um, you kind of refuse to uh, play the stereotypes or fall into the roles if they're not honest to you. Mm. I see that changing a lot with the younger generation, which is awesome. But I, I think that, you know, gender fluidity is more pronounced. I think that especially with the way our educational system has changed since you and I were young, yeah. feelings are all over the place. Feelings are talked about. Feelings are expressed. And I, I remember I took a group of students on alternative spring break one year, and I was so delighted to see this group of young men. They were all fraternity brothers. Mm. They were hugging each other. They were snuggling. They were talking about their feelings. It was the most healthy expression of masculinity that I had ever seen, and mm. it taught me a lot. Yeah. You know, what do you think would happen um, so like those men that you, you experience, um, if there was a wave of that, how do you think that would ripple through the world? So like, you know, relationships and et cetera, and the way that men run companies, all of that stuff. Kindness. Politicians. You no, know, I mean, you know, it's, it's really hard to say because there's also this, this concept of power and we can't ignore the fact that we live in a patriarchal society yeah. and, and men have for millennia 
had a power, financial power, sexual power, yeah. land ownership power, and the whiter you are, the more power you have. So there on one hand, you know, there's there are um there are alternative riches to be found in emotional openness and kindness and a more Aquarian communal view of the world, but nobody ever wants to give up power. Yeah. So yeah. men are going to have to decide to what extent they want to come to the table um, of a rich emotional life and give up their power. You know, what's interesting is I think that's kind of, the driving fear um, from men who are uh, who are have resistance uh, with the whole Me Too movement is the loss yes. of the loss of power. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Oh, I fucking know it, man. I've been living that shit. So, like, you know, yes, a hundred percent. And it's and and as a woman, as a powerful woman, as a masculine woman, it's it's maddening to me. Yeah, it is maddening. To, to see, see someone that is, is clinging to power so desperately that they refuse to see that there are other and equally satisfying ways of being. Yeah, and he, he, it runs deep because culturally, a lot of cultures um, encourage and paint the picture of man with that kind of power. So they tie tightly that if you don't have that kind of power, you're not a man. If you have that kind of power, then you're more of a man. So that kind of like, you know, iron fist, dominating, controlling, machismo, all of that stuff. Yes. And it can be so damaging to the man himself. And that's the piece that most men are not aware of. So they don't see it as damaging. They see it as, a, you know, that they're winning. <laughs> and so if men could actually look inward and see that um, – you know, that kind of power can be damaging, not only in, in relationships, etc., but with themselves and also with other men, um, then there's room for something different to merge. It feels like there's so much tightness around that kind of concept of masculinity, especially machismo. Like that must yeah. be exhausting. Yeah, it's, it's constant tug of war. I mean, I know that in your 20s, you embodied a lot of that. What was it like for you to wake up every day and, and be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, what did you feel that it was authentic or did you feel you were performing masculinity? Um, I felt like I was performing uh, and I felt like that was the standard. I felt like, uh, so, so all across the board. So like in the locker room, um, being super competitive, right. To be the kind of the alpha, um, uh, you know, if, if you're out dating, you're aggressive. And if you don't get the attention of, of a woman or the person that you uh, ask out, et cetera, then it means that you're less of a man. So there's a lot riding on her to say yes, right? So you're aggressive that way. Um, biologically, men are also bouncing off the walls <laughs> at 20 sexually, right? So they have that stuff going on. Um, and then, you know, financially, if you don't make a certain amount of money, drive a certain car. And I grew up in Los Angeles where, you know, that, that's very um, – it's very, very, uh, I don't know, it's, it's put up on a high shelf, then you're less of a man or you're not successful. So I think there's a lot of stuff happening. And so um, uh, to cope with that, I think a lot of men then get into, you know, addictions and other type, types of things where they become workaholics um, or they get addicted to working out, you know, 
they just start maneuvering in extremes. And I think the more you do that, the more you disconnect with yourself, right? So now you're, you're dehumanizing yourself. You're almost turning into a product, a robot. Um, and then when you have millions of men encouraging each other to, to be that way, um, we, are, we, are, we are going the opposite way. Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 you know, I have so much empathy for men and, um, you know, some of my best friends are men and, you know, I, I have partners and it's, it's like, I wish everybody would ease up and take a big breath. (laughs) Yes. And hold hands. (laughs) Yeah. And just, you know, kind of look around and say, okay, well, what would it be like for me to attach to community? What would it be like for me to depend on others? Yeah. yeah and, it- and, and, you know, I know the book is kind of hangs on men and that's kind of the door I'm entering, but it's more about um, human. It's more yeah. about uh, humanizing yourself. It's more about uh, um, even starting with the title, being okay if you have been miserable because there's a lot of men who are in a dark place uh, and because they're not happy, they feel that they have failed or, you know, um, that they are uh, tainted or scarred or, or defective. Um, well, men and women, but, but a lot of men, when they're there, they don't express it. They, they suppress it. Does that make sense? And so yeah. it's okay to actually announce that you are or were miserable. You're yeah. Human, you know? I, I love that you wrote this book and, and I love that you're taking on this topic. And I, because I feel like that, that what you just described, this, you know, angry man is such a cultural icon yeah. and it's so wasteful of a human soul. It is. And I think, um, now the world is, um, ripe for that to change. I mean, back in the day, you know, when, when, when men were on horses and, 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 you know, swinging swords and all that, I mean, you know, emotional intelligence and psychology was never a thing. It was very kind of uh, survival, instinctual, etc. But um, I think today, especially with self-awareness and, um, well, and uh, psychology and, and even therapy and life coaching, all of that uh, becoming popular and accepted, like now I think there's a chance for men to start uh, redefining themselves. Yes. So let's talk about where people can find you to hear more about this topic. You have a book tour coming up. I have a book tour. I'm going to be writing um, kind of in the spirit of this to connect with real people. I feel like I've been behind a computer for so long. It's time to like go out there and uh, engage. So uh, from LA to San Francisco to uh, Portland, Oregon to Seattle uh, for two weeks. And um, I'm sure it's going to be uh, nutty and I'm going to try I'm going to go into CrossFit communities. I've got a few lined up, um, obviously bookstores, but I also want to like come into people's living rooms and uh, I've got a couple men's group that I'm going to run Um so it's going to be really interesting. I'm sure it's also going to be a shit show, but that's part of the journey. Um, so I'm going to be doing that and um, just keep creating the dialogue. And it's not about me pushing any of my definitions on on anyone else. It's more about, uh, hey, let's just start talking about this. That's kind of my goal. Absolutely. That's awesome. So when does your book tour kick off? Uh, first week of February. First week of February. Yep. So February on, you guys will be able to see John up and down the West Coast. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll push everything onto social media and um, 
we're editing episodes so you could you could see all the behind the scenes and uh yeah hope you guys follow me or if you're around the uh those areas um please come say hi absolutely we're gonna be putting all the information up on your website the angry therapist website yep and pre-order the book guys you know this is this is an important conversation that we all need to start having with each other um because you know no one is an island yes yes and if you're a man and you're listening you're not alone yeah thank you for um talking to me about this topic and also um thank you for supporting me and my whole man journey noel of course yeah it's been fun <laughs> it has we go way back, so um, thank you for that, and I'm actually look look I look forward to continuing um, with you and growing not only as your your business partner but also as a man and learning things from you um, about about masculinity, about um, being a man, and all that stuff. Let's get face tattoos. <laughs> uh, I kind of draw the line there, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. All right, guys, be well. Take care.